Welcome to 7-Minute Torah, an exploration of the weekly Torah portion with me, Rabbi Micah Streifer. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to subscribe or comment or share it with a friend. This week marks the 40th anniversary of the death of John Lennon. And what we just heard was one of his most inspiring lyrics. You may say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Well, this week's Torah portion tells the story of another dreamer, and that's Joseph. Joseph begins his story, his life, as a dreamer, and ends it in some ways with his dreams coming true. And what we read in this week's portion, which is called Miketz, is the middle of that story. If you remember last week, Joseph was this kid who was favored by his father, Jacob, and whose brothers hated him. And Joseph didn't make that any better by telling his brothers about these dreams he had had of the sun and moon and stars bowing down to him, of his brother's sheaves of corn bowing down to his out in the field. The brothers said, you're trying to lord over us, and they threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery. When we left Joseph last week, he had hit rock bottom. He had been thrown into prison in Egypt. This week's portion opens with dreams also, but this time Joseph is not the dreamer, but rather the interpreter. The dreamer is the pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, who has had two distressing dreams. One about a bunch of fat cows sitting on the side of the Nile River who get eaten by skinny cows and the other about a bunch of fat, good-looking sheaves of grain that get eaten by skinny, sickly sheaves of grain. No one can interpret these dreams, and so they call for Joseph, because he was known to have interpreted some dreams while in prison. Joseph comes before Pharaoh, and the first thing he says is, it's not me but God who's here to tell you about your well-being. The meaning of your dream, Pharaoh, is that seven good years, seven years of plenty are coming, but then seven years of famine will follow. And Joseph goes on to give the Pharaoh some advice. Now, Pharaoh, maybe you ought to choose a wise and discerning man and set him over the land of Egypt to administer the next 14 years so that we will have enough food here in Egypt. The Pharaoh takes one look at Joseph and says, you're the guy. So Joseph has just secured himself a major promotion. He goes straight from slave thrown in jail to, let's call it, minister of finance and agriculture of all Egypt. That allows him to, as he says, wisely and discerningly manage things so that Egypt will not fall into famine as the rest of the world does. And that's how it happens that many years later, Joseph's brothers come from Canaan looking for food and happen to end up on Joseph's doorstep. Now, they don't know it's him because he's speaking Egyptian and possibly wearing a mask. And anyway, why would they expect to see their brother that they sold into slavery as grand vizier of all Egypt? But he knows it's them. And Joseph now takes it upon himself to mess with them. The first thing he does is accuse them of being spies, so that the brothers have to hem and haw and explain and beg. He lords over them, just like his dreams from so long ago indicated. 
he demands that they go get their brother Benjamin, who of course is Joseph's full brother and the one he really wants to see. Joseph goes back and forth between spoiling them and feeding them and taking good care of them and arresting and tricking and scaring the crap out of them. In fact, his actions are really quite erratic. Sometimes it seems like he's trying to test them, figure out whether they're good people. Sometimes it seems like he's scheming to try to get Benjamin to stay with him and get rid of the rest of the brothers. Sometimes it feels like good old-fashioned revenge. But there are indications in the text that there's something else going on. Twice during these whole proceedings, Joseph actually has to hurry out of the room and cry. The first time when his brothers have just arrived, and Rashi says it's because he sees that they are remorseful for what they did to him. And the second time when he sees his brother Benjamin. Both times Joseph is overcome with emotion, which shows that he's not just playing a sadistic game of cat and mouse here. He actually has been missing his brothers. He actually has been longing for family. And though he's not sure what to do with them yet, there is some way in which this is the fulfillment of Joseph's dreams. He has his family back now. There is a wonderful Hasidic story that tells of a man from the city of Prague who dreamed that if he traveled to faraway Vienna and dug underneath a bridge outside the king's palace, he would find a treasure. So he travels to Vienna, and he finds the palace, and he digs underneath the bridge, but he finds no treasure there. Just as he's ready to give up on this whole escapade, he's caught by the king's guards. They lambast him for digging on royal property, and they send him home. You foolish old man, says one of the guards. Why, if I believed in dreams, you'd find me right now on my way to Prague. Because just last night, I dreamed that if I dug in the basement of an old Jewish man in Prague, I'd find a treasure there. So the old man went home, dug in his own basement, and found his treasure. The lesson of the story is that often our treasures are right in front of us, even if we don't know it. That's the same as the lesson of the Joseph story. Joseph has been longing for something. And like the man in the story, he had to travel far away, to Egypt, to slavery, to prison, in order to realize that what he was longing for was his family in next week's Torah portion, he will finally reconcile with his brothers, and in a sense, his dreams will have come true. The lesson of this Parsha is one that we've learned in the pandemic as well. During this challenging time, we've all had to reprioritize. We've shifted how we live, how we work, how we connect with people. In a sense, we're going on this long, scary journey. And one of the lessons has been that you actually don't have to travel very far in order to find those treasures, our families, our loved ones. This pandemic has helped us realize how much we miss them if they're far away and how much we appreciate them if they're right here in front of us. Like Joseph, our relationships aren't always perfect. Particularly during lockdown, we may be getting on each other's nerves. Hopefully no one is selling anyone into slavery. But at the same time, this journey can help us to appreciate just what a treasure our loved ones are, just how much we need and appreciate each other, and it can spur us to deepen and strengthen our relationships with one another. That would be a real dream come true. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoyed this program, please leave a review or a comment. And please pass it on to a friend. 
You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week.